Should I? Infinity? Welcome back, everybody. Wait. <laughs> I was ready. Wait, is it recording? I think we're good. Sam, mm -hmm. go. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I can't do it. I had it. You had it for a second. That's okay. We'll just keep it rolling. Welcome back to the Between Us Agents podcast, where everything we talk about is just between us agents. For today, we have our, well, I'm Robbie. I'm one of your hosts. And then we also have joining with us today, Samantha Boyd and Sean Leahy, who just says Sean on his on his bottom corner. <laughs> it does actually, you know, say my first impersonation. <laughs> um, yeah, so one thing that I wanted to talk about today was I think interest rates are, I feel like are just, have been going down for the fourth week in a row. Um, yeah. which is, is I feel like huge. And I don't feel like a lot of people are talking about it, which is why I made an Instagram post today saying that no one's really talking about it. Self plug, shameless plug. Yeah. Self plug. But I think it's interesting. Realtors are talking about it though, right? Yeah. Are we the only ones like who else who like, it's not the news. No. We're huh. literally fighting the news on a daily basis. Um, not making any headlines it's not getting out there in front of like the general mass public the people that should be buying and and rejoicing at this fact that's absolutely true yeah it's 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 frustrating but it's okay agents are busy um regardless of what the news has you believing so love it um let me talk about insurance real quick um ron DeSantis kind of mentioned um, hinted in an article um, that let me just read you the headline here Florida this uh, Florida governor turns heads with a comment that citizens insurance is not solvent just as the board approves cat catastrophe bond um, the head scratching comments came March 17th just hours before the citizens board of governors voted to spend more than 170 million over the next three years on 500 million in reinsurance bonds a move that staff uh, members that staff members said would help insure pay its future hurricane claims my problem is with this is why would he say something like that like, like but rather than just staying in his lane like a real estate agent basically yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean i know that he is passing he passed another another um something else that had to do with roofers i'm not really versed in that maybe you guys know it sounds something about That's that, like a right? topic for next week yeah mm -hmm. yeah it talks about it basically talked about how the the roofers um just couldn't like sue this insurance companies for no reason basically to get um, insurance claims. So hopefully that would um, bring insurance premiums down a lot because I know that that is pricing out a lot of buyers. I know in Palm Beach County, there is, I mean, the homes here are 50, 60, 70 years old. And if you don't have a new roof impact windows or you know everything permitted up to the date, your insurance premium is gonna be ridiculous. Is that the same thing like that in, you know, Tampa or Orlando? Like, what do you guys think? For insurance premium. Fair share. Yeah, I mean, we still have our fair share of older houses in the area. So from my understanding with me and my team, I haven't heard a whole lot from the greater Orlando area of anybody having difficulties with binding insurance. 
don't know if it's different like towards the coast since we are a little bit further inland we don't have to worry about flood insurance and stuff like that for the most part unless the lakes start overflowing god forbid yeah i think that that was one of the biggest adjustments i had to make in how i was selling real estate up north versus down here and i think a lot of transplants feel the same way like in maryland our roofs lasted 25 30 years so that was totally normal sometimes you could milk them for more and then i get down here and it was like oh 12 years old like you got problems like what is she talking about aren't these 30 year shingle um and definitely since the last hurricane came through naples i think insurance has been even tougher and if you can't provide a four point that says that you have four years or more life left on it then you're gonna have to get a brand new roof and i think one of the ways that Maybe even real estate agents were abusing insurance companies as they would say, okay, Mr. Seller, can you just file a claim, get a brand new roof for, you know, basically no money out of your pocket and kind of mitigate the entire thing. But hopefully they do crack down on roofing companies like that. I mean, there's still people that go door to door trying to file insurance claims that you get a brand new roof. Um, That actually happened to one of my clients. Um, One of my first years in real estate, he had a two-year-old roof on his house when I sold it to him. And like... Six months in, a door-to-door salesman came by and said, oh, you need a brand new roof. Didn't go through his insurance, just like door-to-door sold him a brand new roof for no reason. And hopefully he doesn't listen to this, but I'm pretty sure he probably just finished paying on that. So, I mean, door-to-door salesman roofs are predatory for sure. So he just, I think, so he had a two-year-old roof and then just got a new roof. I think the tricky thing about being a first-time homeowner is like you don't know what you don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And especially like for those of us that are getting through adulting without a huge family backing or maybe we only have it through our spouses or whatever that looks like for everyone. You can't just call up, you know, granddad and he's going to be like, you don't need a new roof. Now, you should have friends and family and realtors and things like that that you can rely on. But two year old roof was told it's no good. You got to get a brand new one. And unfortunately, it just kind of fell prey to that. That's wild. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's wild, but also pretty sad too. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I and mean, if we're talking about roofing stories at this point, I was actually just with a buddy of mine who lives just around the corner of Peace in Claremont. Oddly enough, he, after the hurricane had come through here, which obviously in Orlando is not going to have that big of an impact, but it still had impact on his roof. He lost about probably 30 shingles in the process. Um, goes through his insurance and gets it all claim written and everything like that. Actually, a crazy story beyond this is he's making his third installment of payment after the service has been done. The owner of the roofing company calls him and says, hey, we have this past due balance of amounts that you haven't paid. He's like, well, I've already paid two payments to, we'll just use a regular name. His name is Stanley. I've made two payments to Stanley at this point. It should be in your account, Mr. Owner. He's like, no, we have not collected payment at all. So come to find out, the person that serviced his roof was actually setting up a Square account to send those payments directly to his personal account and scapegoating and basically not utilizing that and passing that along to the owner. (laughs) So the owner calls him back and says, you must you must pay me for this or I'm going to send it to collections. He's like, well, I've paid your guy, I've paid your technician, I've paid your roofer to do all of this. Sure enough, the owner calls his roofing guy, who's the technician, and does that. The 
guy's been in jail for the last three weeks for fraud. So come to find out, it's not his first time he's ever done this. So he made his third payment and says, we're good, right? All right, we're good. So oh my God. crazy. Yeah. So, so he, he, he submitted straight to the contractor who's supposed to pay the roofer and he just got scammed. Right. Yep. That is why. I don't even know how you prevent that. Like as a, <clears throat> how would at me as a homeowner, how would I even know? Like the guy's telling me to pay him. Mm-hmm. You pay him. I mean, if you got a service through like a legitimate company, you should have an invoice and the invoice should have instructions on how to make payments. And I know that probably the argument is, oh, well, anybody can make an invoice right now. But I mean, if you're really skeptical about it, maybe you should call the company and say, hey, are these right? And then the contract where you agreed to the service initially, it probably said the method of payment that you'd be doing if it all of a sudden just changes to Square or Venmo or Cash App or actually just like cash mm-hmm. under the table. Like, yeah. that's sketchy. Yeah. Definitely. Paying Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, like red flag, you know. Um, speaking of that, are you guys seeing a decent amount of actually traction in payments or maybe from buyers or your agents talking about buyers that want to pay in Bitcoin or cryptocurrency? I've had it like once or twice over here in the past couple of years. I don't think it's as prevalent as it is in like the more South Florida markets, says Lee Swift from what I've heard. Um, I don't think that we're set up as a society right now to accept fully Bitcoin transactions like on a day-to-day basis, right? I think in very special cases, absolutely, they've already happened. What's the other thing that's already happened? Like a 3D printed house in Tampa Bay, I think, has already been sold. Um, just like you know, your normal sellers aren't going to be able to say, okay, yeah, send me your Bitcoin. Right. And then we'll do all the title work on the blockchain. Like that doesn't. Yeah, I get it. So uh, I had one agent that's, that actually transacted and did one with surprisingly enough, a title company out of celebration that did the whole transaction and they said it was smooth as can be. So they were really progressive in how proactive they were because they had that understanding of how that whole system works worked out closed in 35 days and called it a day i guess the pressure is really on the title company there yeah how did the title company receive the bitcoin and you might not know the answer they direct full hand from my understanding i don't have an understanding a good grasp on the cryptocurrency world but from my understanding i had to go through some kind of third-party wallet to be able to transfer it and then redeem it for either the value of what the Bitcoin was or the cash value at that specific time. So obviously, Robbie, you could probably touch me. Yeah, Robbie, you know so much about this. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I know I know that there's third parties out there that, that accept, like, that are for stores, for example, that, you know, like, you can go to into certain stores There's in Miami, and they accept Bitcoin as payment. And so basically, they just set up just like a third-party you know, Square, you know, you send it to there, they hold it, and then you they you either have the option to ca- get cash out in um, Bitcoin or USD, like fiat, dollar. Um, so that, we actually met with somebody recently, a, a title company that does, they're called Proppy. Um, they basically do um, these types of transactions all the time in their title company. 
And that's really the pressure. The pressure is on the title company because when a buyer sends escrow, mm -hmm. it's really on the title company to protect that escrow. And I think that's the riskiest part with um, crypto or Bitcoin and, and Ethereum is that, you know, if somebody, you know, intercepts that, um, it's gone. Can't reverse that transaction um, or, or hacks. Or, no, they won't be able to hack the network, but they can hack probably your wallet, you know, that's that's run. So unless unless there's crazy, crazy security. So. Um, obviously there's, there's companies that do it. It's just pretty rare right now. And I know that this is off topic, but I know that about, I think in 2021, 10% of all, um, out of all the transactions, there is about 10% of homes that the buyers used funds from cryptocurrency to pay for the down payment. But they're so, between using funds from cryptocurrency, right? Cause yeah, like you, that that is cashing it out. And it actually is, if you go to Freddie Mac's or Fannie Mae's website, they talk about it. So you, mm -hmm. you just have to convert it into dollars. Yeah, that makes total sense. And total any sense. title company could facilitate that. But right. you're actually just like exchanging cryptocurrency. Yeah, it's a little bit different when I'm like, hey, it's like me just like sliding cash underneath the table and being like, you're a seller. Here's... It's worse than that because it's invisible. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not like a tangible thing that you're holding. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, we, we can go into weeds here, but there is a way to track it. Um, but I mean, it. <laughs> yeah, we'll skip. We'll skip the weeds, but for that's for another time. But yeah, there is a way to track that. It's you know more trackable than cash, in my opinion. So very interesting. Um, very interesting stuff. I want to moving, but moving on, we do have lives. Um, big mistakes agents make are making in 2023, um, AKA why are agents failing? Why are agents not doing well? Why can't agents adapt to the new market? Why can't they figure it out? I mean, 2021, 2022, everyone is a freaking rock star. What's going on right. in 2023? Yeah, you really didn't have to be an expert. Or whatsoever during that time because you had everybody flocking to you to be the glorified door opener, get offer accepted and call it a day. But, um, I mean, what do they talk about the stat nowadays that mo what 80 plus percent don't renew their license on their first renewal within their first two years? Yeah, 80 something odd percent. Yeah, which is crazy. But if you think about the people that did come into the industry, I mean, obviously, some of us on this call, myself included, um, for stepping into what was considered an easy market and seeing what that was like and then seeing the people flock out of it because now that you actually have to know your numbers and be that market expert and understand what inventory for specific markets look like, a lot of people are lazy, <laughs> to say the least, that they don't want to do that anymore. So, yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time, be the knowledge broker. You have to be right. the knowledge broker. And Sam, what are you telling your agents? I would like to just, for the record, say that I 100% believe that you have to be the knowledge broker, but I also hate that terminology. Like, you should know your shit, right? Like, if you are a licensed professional and you do this every day and you deal with one of the largest financial investments that people make in their entire fucking lives. Oh, hi, Lodicus. We'll figure it out. 
if you're doing that with that, like you should know your shit, right? Right. Uh, so yeah, be the be the knowledge broker, but realistically, anybody that's not shouldn't be in this industry. I think that a large part of why agents fail and not just in 2023 is because they don't realize how much work it's going to be. And it's not sexy work. Like it's not like selling sunset and million dollar listing, just walking around these luxury homes and answering your phone and negotiating real caddy like with the other agent and like getting the deal done and getting these giant checks. It is grueling showing $150,000 condos to people that you're never going to see again. It is going to the middle of freaking nowhere, down a long mile long dirt road in mm. Harris, Florida, and then getting no call, no showed after you just commuted an hour to your showing, right? And then turning those lemons into not only lemonade, but commission checks later down the road. So I think that lack of consistency, lack of discipline, like all of these things are the reasons why agents aren't successful, but it's also just the reason why people aren't successful in general. Mm. Right. I don't feel like you can expect to be in a sales job, one of the best paying sales jobs in on the planet, right? best paying sales job, and not be anticipating that you're going to have to work hard or you're going to have to work different than, you know, all of your neighbors are working their nine to fives. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to, it comes back to that thick skin. Like we get paid for the little success that we have. Think of, you know, think of all the, you know, we may fail or not be successful talking to 97 people, but those three people pay that we can, you know, out of the hundred, um, pay the bills, you know, for that month or whatever it is, you know, but we have to, can, you have to have that thick skin and get used to the no's to expect and expect the yeses. I mean, one of my favorite things to hear is, Sam, if I could just show properties all day and negotiate contracts, I'd be golden. Like, I'm so good at that. That's where I want to be. That's all I want to do. Like, get somebody else to do all the other work for me. And yeah, you can outsource some prospecting. You can get a VA. You can do all of these things to help you in your business and leverage your time. But at the end of the day, you're the face of your business. And until you scale up, you're the one that's got to be on the phones talking to clients and making it happen. Yeah. I mean, I tell my agents every day, five to 10 different people a day about real estate. If you're talking to five to 10 different people a day about real estate, you're going to be fine. But if you're not talking to five to 10 different people a day, you're just going to have a hard time. Right. I mean, that's such a major thing because people are not thinking of it that way. They're thinking like, oh, okay, well, I know I have to make a hundred phone calls a day. I know I have to make send out emails on a mass scale and be able to kind of keep everybody updated, but they don't think about the tangible actual conversations of the one-on-one conversations. They they think they want to get to a goal. And that's powerful too about what Sam said is saying about the consistency skills that people do it maybe one, two times a week and they think that they've done it all. It's so unfortunate. Is that, yes, you've heard, you hit your metrics for calls, but you're lacking in your appointments, you're lacking in your connections, you're lacking in building your brand, building value to the clients that you are responsible for. Um, yeah, they talk to one person and they're like, yeah. Yes, exactly. I've they have like one, one showing in a week. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't figured out quite the way to get this across to anybody. So I know that this is not going to come out the right way, but work with me here. Okay. I think that to be successful in real estate, you have to have a fair amount of trust issues. 
Like you can't mm-hmm. make your 100 phone calls for the day, have that great conversation with one or two people and trust that they are going to result in commission checks. You have to have this like lack of belief in anybody else fulfilling their responsibilities or what they told you they were going to do. And also be optimistic. And you, right. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, it's totally going to work out. But just in case of yeah. 100 phone calls, <laughs> and really need four of you because two of y'all are going to back out on it. Exactly. Yeah. Staying optimistic is probably agents' hardest. That's probably the biggest hurdle. Yeah. yeah. That's what we talked about on the last episode about being almost full-time therapist for our agents. And that's yeah. coddling the emotions of not just our agents, but also the clients they're serving. Because like more cases yeah. than not, most of the conversations we have, and I'm sure Robbie and Sam, you go to the same way, but what do I say to the person or where do I go next based off of what told me? I think I get at least probably a handful of times a week. It's like, okay, well, you have a difficult buyer. Right? Well, how, kind of peel back the layers on that. What is it that their real pain point is? Because you can't have really uncovered the second and third bubble of that portion. Yeah, I feel really connected to the buyers and my agents. Because, <laughs> because I also am helping them figure their life out as well. And they have no clue. They have no idea. <laughs> we are the man behind the curtain, if you will. Yeah, seriously. And the most fun thing. So like one thing that I always loved about selling real estate is that you got something different every day. You were dealing with a new person every day. When you're in a like a team lead position, you're it's on steroids. It's exponential, right? Right. You're dealing with all of your agents and all of their people, and man, the different scenarios that we find ourselves in, and like the different mm-hmm. times you have to just think on your feet and come up with a response really quick. My personal pet peeve is, Sam, what should I say? And then I just like it just comes out of me, and they're like, Did you "Wait a minute, I wasn't typing. Can you say it again?" And I'm like, "No, it's gone." <laughs> <laughs> Voice memo, Sam. Voice memo. Voice memo is a great one. Yep. And then ever since that, iPhone was one of those great industries that added the undo send. That's another good one that you're like, oh man, and I really should not have said that under these circumstances about not thinking about it. It's toxic trait, but I'm so glad that they added that. Too bad CRMs don't have that. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Too bad CRMs don't have that option. Um, Update team, here we come. Yeah. <laughs> Enters follow up boss chat. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um anyways, yeah. You know, another another thing that I thought was interesting is how agents kind of have a new agent trying to come up with content on social media to attract buyers. And it's difficult in here. I'm, I'm just following the conversation <laughs> or somebody that doesn't follow the, the trend of the social media trend of trying to build a following, build a brand or whatever the case may be. I am here to listen what, cause you guys obviously <laughs> have gotten a lot more traction, obviously same with your agents and onboarding them, but like grab your circumstances that you've had in the past with your social media. Well, again, if you're not a, if you're an agent. You're brand new, but if you're a busy agent, it's easier to come up with content. For me, as a as a team leader, it's easy to kind of come up with also content content because I'm like in the weeds with my agents every day. Mm-hmm. 
And so a lot of things that I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm also talking about, um, to the buyers of my agents or whatever, you know? So, and then at, and their problems or their issues and, or what they're going through. Um, but yeah, I think, man, shoot, it's hard to come up with content if you're not busy. And so what I tell my agents, I'm like, you have to be doing stuff. You have to go out, do virtual tours, act busy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with you. I don't think that it's terribly hard. There's so many sources to get content ideas. And to be honest, the most effective content is typically green screen in front of an article and you're just talking about what that article is. And God knows there's plenty of news feeds that you can go to for that stuff. Um, but also just like any questions that you as a new realtor had maybe during your home buying process or that you had while you were getting licensed or if you Google what are the top questions about being a first time home buyer or buying chat gbt content ideas we're gonna get to chat gbt and i was gonna suggest it you could also go to chat gbt and be like hey make me a 30-day content schedule for for topics for being a realtor and marketing myself to clients and it's going to pop out literally 30 ideas completely for free you're not gonna have to do anything from that i think that people that make that excuse of oh i don't have any content because i don't have any clients and i'm not out showing properties and i don't have anything interesting to show it's literally just that it's just an excuse or marketers. If you, yeah. if you can't market yourself, you're not going to really be that busy of an agent. Yeah. But I, I do think that there's some, some validity to like, that's not for me. So like Sean, it's not mm. for you, right? Like it doesn't entice you in any way. Personally, doesn't entice me either, but I saw an end for building brand awareness in my local community for my team. I don't know if anybody knows kind of a big deal right i wanted to make sure that people in my market did know that stuff um but so is that the reason why you started posting content a hundred percent it was purely for increasing brand awareness and recruitment effort i do think that there's a fair amount of oh i'm not ready or oh it's not for me but then figure out what is for you sean you were doing great with video and production it's something that you teach all of your agents and train the entire company mm. on like just because you're not posting on Instagram, you're still leveraging other tools to your benefit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's something that we talk about all the time between all of our teams is even small scale content. Like even though we're not reusing and taking all of that one-on-one -on -one content ideas that we say that we're not dispersing onto our database. Um, that's where I found kind of my niche was just connecting with people via video. I could sit here and do a three hour long zoom over something technologically based in our brokerage, but um, the social media aspects, it's, it's terrifying if you think about it. In the grand scheme of things, you're putting your image out there for everybody to be like, you know what? This is the reason why I'm awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is it is kind of funny to see the difference of reactions too uh, between the different platforms. Um, Facebook, um, I tend to get a lot of hate on my videos, apparently. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, whereas like Instagram, it's a little bit more friendly or people, I had a loan officer today, uh, send me a video of how he appreciated my, 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 my video that I posted today, which I thought was like very interesting. And that's kind of like to Sean's point, like you don't need a lot of views mm -hmm. to connect with people. You don't need a large following to connect with people. This guy has like no followers, but he sent me a personalized video and I thought that was pretty like. 
that's what we heard on a webinar the other day was that for somebody that has 10 plus thousand followers, every time somebody follows them, he sends a one-on-one personal video. I mean, obviously, yeah. so that builds traction and builds dedication to say, hey, listen, thanks for the follow. Builds hope you stick around long enough to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So interesting, interesting stuff. But I think, I mean, I, I think agents should be on because I think agents 1000% should be on social media, but they shouldn't just be posting sold, 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 sure. So there's gotta be some personal, you know, um, stuff too, just so people can get to know you, get to know your personality. And that way they feel more comfortable when they, if they decide to reach out to you and, and meet you. So we're also, again, you're posting for your sphere. We're not posting to have 10,000, 100,000 view, you know, views or um, followers or anything like that. We're posting for, for our sphere. That's who our real, that's the real goal, right? Convert, you know, one to 3% of your sphere. You're going to be busy. Sam, chat, uh, April Fool's. April Fool's. I was April Fooled twice. I'm only going to tell you about one time. Uh, both of them this past April Fool's Day. So we already mentioned that I use social media for recruitment, which means I've got to do my X number of minutes of engagement every single day. And so on whatever day April Fool's was, I was doing my engagement and I noticed somebody that watched my story on their story had this really interesting post that they shared about how the Fed had slashed interest rates to two and a half percent. Did you guys see this post? No. Stop. It was it was posed as a CNBC article. Fed had slashed rates. Buyers are going to make a massive surge back into the market. And I was like, stop it. I immediately got off social media. I started scouring the internet for this article because it said that it was from CNBC. Couldn't find it anywhere. I was like, maybe I'm mistaken. It must have been like CNN or something different. Went back to this lady's story, found the original post. The original post, literally her entire caption made it sound like it was real. It wasn't until I like zoomed in, like maybe I could find the URL or something and zoomed in and it said like happy April Fool's or something that I was so gung ho for this information. You're like sending it out to your team. One, you should always do that when you're on social media. If you see right. something that is a glaring big headline, like take it from me. If you're gullible, which I am, Google we it. Know. <laughs> right and if nothing comes up then you've probably been led astray but no i did i got april freaking fooled and i'm 29 years old so <laughs> that's embarrassing yeah i mean shoot there is a lot of posts um especially because i just i i get i consume a lot of information on twitter and there is just i just had to get off twitter that day because it was just ridiculous hmm. um you know, uh, just, but some stuff where I'm like, maybe yeah. I can kind of see, <laughs> I can kind of see this. Um, I feel like but, all media takes a break over that weekend. It's like, wait a second, those three, four days and stuff like that, we're just not posting anything because everybody's going to question whether it's real or not. Right. I still yeah. don't know. We're sitting here on this podcast at April 6th. I'm still questioning if it's April Fool's or not. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, I, I saw one agent, you guys probably know him, but he posted a, it was like an apology video and it got me. And then, then but it was in, he posted it like, it was like the morning of April Fool's. So it was like, 
it was like an apology video for something that he did the day prior. And he's just like, you know, I just want to, you know, apologize for everything that I did yesterday. And it had me locked in. I was locked into this video. I watched the full minute until the end when he basically just had kangaroos dancing at the end and just said like, gotcha. gotcha. And yeah. yeah. And uh, I thought that that was genius. I wish I could have thought of something like that. Yeah. Um, because he, it was, it was, it was so well written. I wish he probably used chat GBT, which we were about to talk about. <laughs> I do think that it's wrong to April fool's people. Like I don't think. Right. They shouldn't take advantage of the gullible people in the world. And you should be even more cautious because there are people that are super gullible, but also aren't going to do their research. And then you've just like poisoned the well. Yeah. My, you know, right. that's like telling on my two teams that we're going to end up merging and everybody gets a hundred percent moving forward it's like okay whatever the case may be like that would have been a good one something it would have been a good one but you know there's some times the word probably should not do that yeah well i mean 100 and what 80 90 agents there's going to be some some people pissed off <laughs> oh first <no. laughs> they didn't think it's funny <laughs> they just leave right nope. they just leave the broken yeah, you know, it's it, my sister actually got married on April 1st. Oh, wow. So the whole day, the jokes were like, <laughs> are we sure? Mm. You know, just like, and then even to this day, they've been married for 17 years. And it's like, are we sure? Like, did you sign the papers? They have like five kids. Flip it. <laughs> All right, Chad CBT fail. Um, I realize now, like in this moment that we're recording, that I should have chose like one story that made me look like an idiot, which I've already said, and then it's not not another story. Not be to be. But I'm like here now. So, yeah, we're here for it. Better next. So everybody's like, use Chat GPT. We've already talked about it on this call. Like, use it, leverage it. I was like. One of my least favorite things to do is every Sunday making the grocery list. So like getting all the recipes, making the full list, condensing it down because like maybe two recipes need lemon. So three of them need cilantro and God only knows what, right? So I was like, I wonder if ChatGPT, if I could just put all these recipe links in and ask it to make me a grocery list. And I did. And it did. But I noticed the first time that it was missing like something major. I was like, whoa, chat GPT, you don't have any avocados. Can you look at that again? And it <laughs> Is that what you typed out? <laughs> whoa, chat GPT. <laughs> Very chill with my technology. You should see my Google search history. But um, no, so I did. I said, hey, like you missed something. Could you take another look? And it was like, absolutely. And it printed me out a new list and it had like the avocados and it had like one other thing. And I was like, all right, bet. I fully trusted this list. It went to the grocery store, got all the things, like got everything out to make dinner that day. And I was like, holy shit, we're missing like half of the ingredients that we need. And I was buying like random stuff that wasn't in any of the recipes. Like, I got various for no reason. Like it was so bad. So I think, I think it's headed in the right direction. But don't put all of your trust and faith. Well, have you seen the plugins that they have now for chat for ChatGPT? So they have basically, um, you can plug in essentially like Instacart, 
So basically it's doing what you just did, but with Instacart. So you can be like, Mr. ChatGPT, C, whatever it is, ChatGPT, can you make me a healthy, you know, grocery list for the next 30 days for two people? And then just type it in and then boom, it just sends it to Instacart. Somebody shows up on your doorstep with all the groceries that it's. Yeah, but then I bet you end up with like, I also really bad at grocery shopping. So one time from Amazon Fresh, I ordered like <laughs> a, bulk, a bulk box of ribs and we ended up with like 12 boxes of ribs. <laughs> like at the end of her hall costco trip wait a second it's too much of the costco okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i I don't think that it's there yet that's all i can say like it it didn't grocery shop or make a list better than i could and i feel like it should have yeah especially when it comes to some people automating now with that plugin and what they're doing is just general responses via email People are using a plugin for saying, okay, this email came in, auto reply within two minutes, do it in a professional tone, send it out, put it in my drafts box, and I'll send it out from there. Oh, okay. But they are all viewing it before it gets sent. Some people are, but how, how soon do you think it's going to be until follow-up then becomes automated in our industry? Because people are utilizing services like that. Because obviously the system's getting better and better. And they're on what? Chat GPT 19, 20 at this point. Um, I think it's four. I was just told about yeah, four. It's four. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have it. So, I mean, the broke Asian media, they do it. You know, if you, if when they have like webinars and stuff like that, it'll be like, comment broke in the comment section and we'll dm you well that's like that's all ai um oh. sources that they use and i think it's i think it's chat cbt i could be wrong mm. but um but yeah they you see they send you like the zoom link or registration link you know and in your dms and they also will get your email you know <laughs> and so it's a really good use case now when it comes to our team trainings and team meetings turning that into an automated system I need you to register and, and then you'll get the notification. It'll create the meeting and yeah. Yeah, yeah we love automations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just automate everything. Oh, you want to learn, you want to know how to write a contract? Here's a video, you know? Do <laughs> you want to know how to put an addendum in? Here's a video. Yeah. We're all about that. I have a tricky one. Would you rather have a cash buyer Fast closing, easy peasy, or you only get to choose one. Has to sell before they can buy. But you get two transactions. Transactions. I do sell buys. I would. What if they're? I feel like there's way to navigate. That was how crazy on a crazy scale of uh, one. (laughs) How how crazy are we going here? That was not the question or the options that we had. This is like this is winging it. I was just, come on. You would obviously choose two transactions. I'm taking two transactions all day. Because we have programs. I would yeah, I would take sell by still. I get it, but it could still take sixty days. That's okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about But like I can close in like fifteen days with a cash buy. Exactly. 
Exactly. And the time that you don't spend working the cash buyer after you close, if you go get another buyer, you could still have two transactions. You know, I'm I'm probably I'm still taking the two transactions. I'm still gonna go with that thing. Sam, are you taking are you taking two? For, yeah, in that industry. Some clients can just suck the life out of you. You know, if, if you don't jive well with them, if you literally look at your phone whenever they're calling you and kind of dread answering because you know that it's going to be an hour and a half long conversation, oh talk in circles, right? Like, so you know exactly the client that I'm talking about. Like, Everyone just had a name just like yeah. flash, <laughs> like before their eyes. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, they're calling, you know, like, oh gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. Brutal, 100% terrible. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. Okay. Anything else? Sam, wrap us up. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for tuning in. We will be back uh, next week. I hope that you had fun and that we kept it just between us, Asia. Cut. Cut. <laughs> Cut. Us.